peace of God that has come over this pulpit this week. God has truly met with us. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. And I want to open my message with an account that happened at the end of World War II. <laughs> and it's good to have friends around the tent. Hallelujah. And uh, at the end of World War II, one of our uh, Air Force men was on a bombing sortie over Japan and opened the bomb bay, dropped uh, its payload down, and this bomb uh, went directly into a soft bank in a, in a river there in Japan and never did blow up. The end of the war, they came along and they uh, placed concrete, they built a concrete embankment along this river, and there it lay for 45 years, completely out of sight, unknown, and I read about around the year 1990, for whatever reason, it went active and it totally um, uh, blew to smithereens the entire landscape around there. When they uh, first uh, sensed this, uh, this, uh, this explosion, they thought it was an earthquake. As they researched it out, they found out that there it was, a World War II vintage bomb that had been there and had remained inactive for all those years. I want to, in my time to, uh, today, to deal with an issue that just like that story can be a, a hidden beneath the surface of life and ministry for a long time, and yet there in the secret realms of the heart, degrading forces are at work to detonate, and indeed they will detonate if given the right factors. It's with horrific consequence if this bomb is allowed to ever explode in anyone's life towards the ministry, towards the marriage that it might take place in, very definitely in the purposes of God and oftentimes irreparable damage to the church that you may pastor and to those that are directly under your ministry and linked to you. I'm referring to pastors and husbands who lose dominion in their homes. And because they foolishly have failed to maintain a godly protective covering over their wives, this has resulted in an unbiblical and tragic influence that disgruntled wives have on their husbands when to borrow from a popular catchphrase, Woman, thou art loose. To head this off from happening, we would all do well to heed Jesus' prophetic warning. Luke 17 in verse 32, Jesus speaking in an end times prophetic admonition said, Remember Lot's wife. Father, we pause asking your ministering help. God, way beyond any words that I can speak, I pray that you convey the heartbeat of God concerning this subject matter. You that are able to look down the road into the future, you know, Lord God, all that's at stake in this very subject. I pray, God, you speak both to men and to women. Help us, Lord, to run in our proper lanes in life and in ministry, that your church would be glorified and prosper. God, that your name would be honored in the earth. We'd bring no shame to the kingdom of God. 
and to your name. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. All God's people say, Remember Lot's wife. I want to begin by looking with you at the power behind the throne. And let's allow this to symbolize any male's position of authority. Be this in a political realm or even in a church, in the family, a boss on the job, especially in the home. We've oftentimes heard sayings like this, behind every good man is a better woman. We've heard the saying, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the kingdom and such like. And if you really stop and boil this down, what this is communicating is the extraordinary long-term power that a woman who is key in a man's life can play. Be it for incredible good, conversely for incredible disaster. Now, if this be true, and it most assuredly is uh, this morning, beloved, then we might well imagine that the devil will seek to exploit uh, this relationship. We don't have to look very far to see in the scriptures this borne out. We find this comes to light immediately um, in uh, the history of husband and wife relationships. Uh, we find that, that the devil strategically targeted um, Eve. Bible tells us that Eve was the first one to fall to the enemy's seduction and immediately she became evangelistic and, and she brought the forbidden fruit and enticed Adam to likewise um, uh, follow her. First Timothy chapter 2 speaks about this many millennium later and it informs us that this is much more than simple disobedience in verse 14 and Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And so what this tells us is that she was accurately um, sized up by the devil, that as the devil sought to um, uh, derail God's purpose upon the earth um, with these uh, innocent um, uh, uh, man and woman, um, he sized up correctly that the woman would be more vulnerable to the temptation to throw off uh, headship's covering. And therefore, she was the one that was first approached, as the scripture bears out, because the devil knew that she could be more easily snared, and then once she was caught and taken, uh, she would become an easy tool to use to take the man down. Now let's think this through. And don't overlook that the original temptation was uh, to throw off headship. It's fantastic to my mind that this is cited thousands of years later and still is used as the paramount reason that the woman is not to be given license to be loosed. And when it comes to spiritual matters that affect the church's decision, the church's order, the church's calendar, and matters of destiny, she indeed is not to take the four, and she's not to have the prominent place. And in fact, in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 12, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. This is in direct uh, connection to the fact that she was the most easily uh, and the most vulnerable uh, to de the devil's uh, deception. This lets us know something. This lets us know that she was not uh, in her representative uh, a role of representing the female gender, uh, that she was not just simply having a bad hair day. 
This was not just simply a little weakness in her time of the monthly cycle. This wasn't because the moon was full. But this was a permanent chink in her armor. And that chink is um, that she has a propensity to deception. And, and once she is deceived and taken in that snare, um, that she'll exercise a corrupting influence uh, when she moves out of her place and lane of covering. This is exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 10. For this reason... The woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. How many of you know this morning that's not talking about the good angels, Gabe and Mike? We're talking about a very real and present danger. And that is that she must have, this is God's book, uh, this is God's uh, handbook uh, uh, for human uh, uh, relationships uh, and the functioning uh, and proper roles that that men and women are to have. Uh, She must have uh, a covering on her head. She must have uh, authority that covers her life because uh, there's demon powers uh, that are standing at the ready uh, and stand at the door ready to pounce. How many of you believe the Bible? How many of you, I heard the men say, how many women believe the Bible? (laughs) Let's call some witnesses and we want to have Solomon come to the stand. He's an incredible man that has uh, gifting, wisdom. He has every advantage. He has a rich experience of walking with God. Knowing God, seeing God, he did a lot of good, but especially as the years went by, there came to be a tragic uh, uh, unraveling in his life. First Kings, uh, uh, verse, chapter 11, verse 3 says, um, his wives um, turned away his heart. We've already heard that touched on this morning about Nehemiah. Centuries later, Nehemiah presents this danger to his generation. In chapter 13, verse 26, he charges the generation at hand, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him... Did outlandish women cause to sin? He has great pedigree. He has visible favor and advantage. Yet, uh, this is a woman's potential um, to affect even the best among us, um, especially as the years roll by uh, and the issues add up. How many of you following what I'm uh, catching my drift this morning? As the years roll by, And as the issues add up. And from the course of events that we've seen played out, you know, we're a fellowship in evolution. We're a fellowship that, you know, God opened doors. Nobody knew exactly, uh, uh, you know, all uh, all the things that were going to work out and happen. But uh, as we go along, 
uh, the issues of men's hearts become apparent, uh, and we learn some things. Praise God. That's what keeps us safe. That's what keeps us uh, able to keep on going uh, and entering in or past our third uh, uh, decade, uh, decade of ministry, uh, is that, praise God, we're able to know things. We're able to learn from mistakes. We're able to see issues uh, that become apparent only as the years uh, uh, begin to pile up. We've seen events play out, and I would dare say, and I ask you to join me, that we all take heed to ourselves and our houses lest we fall. Can somebody say amen? We could cite many other examples from the scripture of the enormous havoc that was unleashed by wives whose husbands knew better, and I'm underscoring that they knew better, but for a variety of reasons, um, these women got loosed, uh, and it became all too uh, pathetically apparent uh, that it was too late um, uh, to re rein them in. This could be due to unbridled pride and uh, ambition, as we see in old uh, uh, Jezzy. As here she uh, looks upon uh, her situation uh, and uh, she exploits um, uh, weaknesses in her mammy-pammy husband uh, and uh, she seizes the day, she seizes the uh, moment uh, and she turns uh, Ahab into some silly putty uh, in her very capable uh, manipulative hands. First Kings 21 and verse 25. But there was none like Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. So here at her behest, this man is goaded into some of the very worst sins and an ultimate disaster to himself, his throne, his, uh, his uh, inheritance, and so forth. Um, he knew that Elijah was a man of God. He saw the fire that came down from heaven. He observed the showdown with the false prophets. Uh, and yet uh, he was unable to reign in this woman uh, that was totally out of control. Uh, and, uh, and actually, uh, uh, he um, became so, uh, silly putty uh, in her hand. This could be a wife that's embittered by a man of God that has crossed her will. As we see in the case of Herodias, the illegitimate wife of Herod. The Bible tells us that Herod knew that John, was a, John the Baptist was a righteous man. Mark chapter 6 verse 20. Herod feared John knowing that he was a just man and holy. And he observed him and he, when he heard him he did many things and he heard him gladly. And yet, uh, uh, this was no match for Herodias' venom that was pumping through her veins. And I want to tell you uh, that this uh, uh, vintage uh, wasn't getting any mellower with the passage, passage of time. Uh, but what was going through her veins became more lethal uh, as she sought her time to strike. Mark 6 and verse 19. Therefore Herodias uh, had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, uh, but she could not. At least not yet. Because a woman who's gone over the top, she knows that her day will come. And it did. Mark 6, verse 21. And when a convenient day was come. In other words, this was Herod's birthday. This is what she was waiting for. And she, bless God, had some special surprises cooked up uh, and planned. Uh, and this word convenient means an opportune time uh, or well time. 
You see, a woman that has an axe to grind knows that time is on her side, and eventually this woman feels that she's going to have her way. Now, I trust that you'll join me in the conviction that a woman that goes sour can do a world of hurt to the purposes of God, to the church, to her family. Proverbs 14 and verse 1 is a word to the wise woman. Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish plucks it down with her hands. Solomon, who quite obviously had lots of experience, he had a thousand women in his stable. And uh, not only did this uh, uh, wear him out physically, but he had a lot of time to observe the issues as they play out in life and in reality. And he sounds the alarm. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 26, And I find more bitter than death the woman, whose heart is snares and nets, and her hands as bands, and whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. You see, a woman that has evolved into such a state becomes a bondage maker, not a help maker. Amen. You that sin against your wife and... Allow her, let's put it this way, you create an atmosphere that allows her to become changed over the process of time from a precious helpmeet uh, into a woman that turns as cold as ice, as mad as hell, uh, and as dangerous to boot uh, with a capacity uh, that will dramatically affect you. Uh, I was thinking about old uh, uh, Willie Clinton. Testimonies of eyewitnesses tell the story. You don't do what Billy did to uh, Hillary. What Billy did to Hillary is going to catch you. And so to maintain that relationship and have a facade of, oh, everything's okay. Uh, but you see, he lost dominion. And uh, the issue was that he would come into the Oval Office, some of his closest uh, uh, aides would observe, he'd be happy, and, uh, you know, he's just having a good day, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, here would come a phone call um, uh, from Hillary, uh, and his aides would testify that after talking to Hillary for a few moments, uh, his entire demeanor would change, uh, his entire spirit uh, would change, uh, one moment he was happy, everything was okay, uh, the next there's a black cloud over his head, uh, uh, because he, this man, uh, unleashed things into his wife uh, and he turned her uh, into something uh, we can't even mention here over the pulpit this morning. That's the gospel truth. I want to move on to the vulnerability of wives. This is not in any way to say that all women are evil nor that they will inevitably use their feminine charms or their feminine wiles to pull down the house and the ministry. But it is to say that they have great influence uh, and if they, uh, through the circumstances of life and through especially our interpretation of those circumstances become bittered, uh, embittered, uh, woe to that man that is yoked uh, to such a woman. 
that man is going to have in the ministry compounded uh, uh, troubles and, and when a convenient time comes as there will be convenient times uh, that will float into everybody's uh, life everybody's ministry uh, when there's fellowship issues that come uh, if she goes over the edge uh, you most likely will not be able to reel her back in uh, and though you may be able to do a slick 180 and spin out of trouble uh, and away from danger she can can't. This is the profile that we have of Lot's wife. While Lot was able to flee from the wrath that was to come, his flirtations with worldliness, uh, his uh, dabbling in carnality and exposure to the wrong people um, left a permanent mark on his wife. Uh, and when the time came to run for your life, run for your destiny, uh, though he was able to be uh, uh, quick enough uh, uh, to scamper away, uh, his wife could not, she could not cut it loose uh, as fast as the man. Remember, Jesus speaks down through the uh, centuries, remember... Lot's wife. You know what we have here is a Kodak moment from God. We have God that freezes this frame in his eternal picture book. And sadly, this morning, we have to be honest, by our leadership, by our actions, by the attitude that we radiate in our lives, in our homes, it is possible to lead our families, our wives into a setting that we absolutely have no business getting them into. We might be like Lot. This man was vexed in his spirit. His heart of hearts, Lot knew better than what he had was given off. The Bible says he was vexed. So I have to come to some conclusions about Lot. I have to believe that Lot was, must have been uh, uh, feeling that he needed to dabble for a while in this uh, company. Maybe it was for advantage. Maybe it was to secure, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, financial uh, uh, security. Maybe it was for some kind uh, of advantage. Uh, but Lot, in his mind, he was never in his heart uh, uh, settled about this. He wasn't comfortable uh, with the people whose shoulders he was rubbing. Uh, and so uh, in his heart of hearts, uh, though he was vexed, uh, and no doubt he said to himself, you know what, I can cut and run. I'm not going to be locked into this. Uh, I'm only going to use this for a certain time. Uh, I'm only going to hear these things for a little bit. Uh, and I'm only going to be here for a little while. Uh, and yet the truth of the matter is, uh, is that our wives cannot uh, cut and run like that fast. Mrs. Lot, who we're told and commanded to remember, she lost her heart and vision. She lost uh, a love for what has to be kept alive uh, if we are to live a consecrated life, if we are to be in the harness of ministry in our fellowship, uh, there are things, how many of you know, or you've figured it out thus far, uh, there are certain things that have to be kept alive uh, and looked at as a privilege and as a, uh, as a, um, uh, as a uh, calling from the Lord, as a time uh, of, uh, of only a, a fitting consecration uh, that is our acceptable service to God if we're going to continue in ministry. There's going to be all kinds of attempts by the enemy to cause you to lose heart. And whether you're going to be standing when all the dust settles is going to be because you've maintained and you've tended the sacred flame of a, of a call and of a consecration and of sacrifice. 
And the time that Lot spent in that state as he exposed her spirit to this, uh, uh, there was an erosion of her vision. There was an erosion of trust. Uh, she no longer be, was submissive. She no longer was trusting of headship. Uh, and now she was opened up to uh, demons of deception uh, and rebellion. And you know what? I don't know that Lot understood what was taking place in the landscape, the spiritual interior uh, of his wife. Here he is. He's finally got it. The angels have to uh, almost uh, uh, pry him out and shoehorn him out of this situation. Uh, and so he says, okay, I got it. Uh, I'm going to run for my life. Um, and he uh, has uh, uh, no grasping uh, that in, in Mrs. Lot's heart, uh, something has died. Uh, something has totally shifted uh, in her heart behind him. Uh, and her heart is crystallized to another vision. Uh, she no longer is in the harness with him uh, uh, for ministry. Uh, and brother, if she's through, you're through. I heard that when I first went into ministry. If your wife cashes it in, if your wife leaves you, if your wife quits, guess what? You can still be saved by the skin of your teeth, maybe. But your ministry as a pastor and as an evangelist uh, is through. You've lost dominion to rule your own home and uh, you have made a breach in your protective hedge uh, and as a result, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 8, he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it and whosoever breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. So this man has uh, fallen into the pit uh, that his own hand has dug. Uh, he's opened a breach um, uh, by his own actions and attitudes that's caused uh, supernatural forces uh, uh, to begin to access their home. Uh, and may I make a statement that bears uh, a serious meditation. Uh, you can choose uh, a certain company. You can choose a certain uh, uh, steps into the world and flirtations with carnality. Uh, you can choose to do those things. Uh, you can choose to give your ear uh, uh, to a certain uh, uh, people that chip their teeth. You can choose those decisions, uh, but you cannot choose the consequences uh, they begin to unleash back in your home. I've known men that messed around, and when fronted, they could be influenced by a timely rebuke from headship or correction, Perhaps brethren that came to encourage them. But they're like Saul. Saul went down to the camp where Samuel and David were. The atmosphere of the presence of God was there. He began himself to uh, uh, get totally changed uh, and, uh, and prophesy again. And the Spirit of God began to move upon him. Uh, but then he had to go home to Mama. Now we have a little insight about his relationship with Mama. Because when he's ticked off at his son, jo Jonathan, that will not uh, kill David, uh, he said, you son of the rebellious woman. I wonder what kind of sweet music they were making in behind closed doors. <laughs> First thing out of his mouth. You're a son of a rebellious woman. That's talking about his wife. And he toggles right back into that frame of mind uh, where there's demonic forces. And I don't doubt that as he came back home and he said, Honey, I got it worked out with uh, David 
and we're going to go on, and we're going to put everything, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, we're just going to we're just going to make things right. We're going to go on with our lives. Uh, I have a feeling that Mama said, "Oh no, Buster, we're not. You didn't get me all worked up, uh, uh, a, a tempest uh, in a teacup, uh, and uh, think that it's just going to be put away that quiet. Uh, come here, Mister. Uh, we're going to fix you. We're going to give you an attitude and adjustment. Uh, whoop, whoop, oh, uh, uh, your change." Yes, mommy. I don't know. I just have an active imagination. I know one sister that got loosed a year before this brother who was a prominent man in our fellowship. His wife is loosed, and she, she was able to smell the spirit of what her husband was emanating. And she's ordering 30 books on healing from churches that abuse uh, because she has uh, already anticipated what uh, uh, surely was to come and in fact did come. And she's trying to seed the church uh, and prepare people. Uh, we're no longer going to be part of this radical fellowship. Uh, and, uh, and so here it is. Uh, I have a, a member in my church that worked at this Christian bookstore. Uh, and so 30 uh, uh, books she's ordered a year before uh, this brother went out of our fellowship. Uh, and she's already taking the, uh, it into her own hands to prepare the ground uh, for what surely did come to pass. O oh, man of God. You cannot break rank, whine, and play the... For any length of time, without totally changing your wife's spiritual landscape and empowering devils to affect her. I want to consider in a fresh light the powerful truth that Apostle Peter sets forth in 1 Peter 3. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them... According to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as under the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers um, be not hindered. And so when it speaks at that uh, expression, the weaker vessel, it's talking about uh, there's a, there is a vulnerability uh, and a propensity to be affected uh, and to be uh, influenced in certain areas of her personality uh, and her being uh, where she is particularly at risk uh, and particularly uh, exposed uh, and it calls for you uh, uh, to be a hedge uh, and to be a covering uh, around her life spiritually. I heard a f fascinating radio blurb and it said, it opened up, it said, what you've always known, science now validates. You've heard the old adage, men never remember, women never forget. Science has found a neurological link. Testing shows that men and women exposed to the same event when tested several weeks later found that women have a much more vivid recollection. It is still very real to them, uh, while many of the men have flushed it uh, and forgotten it like water off a duck's back. Uh, they, uh, uh, they introduced their wife to some intense emotional uh, uh, tempest in a teacup. Uh, they dumped it on their wife. Uh, they got it out of their craw. Now they're all better. They're down the road. Uh, but guess what? Uh, the missus took it very, very personal. So apply that 
to what happens in homes. Pastors that download into their wife's spirit complaints about brethren or about headship or about their lot in the fellowship. Pastors that come home and complain about their, uh, their people, their attendance, their offerings. Pastors that misrepresent uh, the fellowship standards as legalism or abuse uh, and have this attitude, oh yeah, yeah, look what they're making me do. They're making me put a filter on my internet so I can't watch uh, uh, naked women. It's legalism. I just really love the liberty of the internet. I don't doubt that there'll be some. You know, we've got in leadership, we have made some decisions about you're going to be in ministry, you're going to have a filter on your computer if you're on internet, uh, and you're going to have to sign off, you're going to have to give the missus uh, the password. So if your husband doesn't tell you about that, you heard it from uh, the pulpit today. But there'll be some. There'll be some that, you know, this hurts them deeply. Why? What's wrong? Don't they trust me? No. You know, we have standards that when your heart is excited for God and right with God, you look at those standards as a privilege and a badge of honor. Praise God. You know, I love it when people ask me about some TV show. I have not a clue. 28 years without, you know, 28 years on the wagon from TV, man. I loved it when my daughter came back from the Philippines and they were talking about uh, uh, Abbott and Costello and, uh, and my, uh, they were talking about Laurel, no, Laurel and Hardy uh, and my daughter says, uh, who's that, a new couple in the church? Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. Pastors that paint a caricature of headship use headship as some kind of a club to threaten or intimidate their wife. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> Pastor Mitchell finds out about this, uh, you know, this attitude of yours. Uh, he'll probably pull us from the ministry. You know, it's amazing traveling around and, and having been under Pastor Mitchell and in the Prescott uh, uh, congregation for a number of years. It's amazing the things that are ascribed to Pastor I mean, it, it's Bible, man. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's the book of Wayman uh, and it's there. It's there, and baby, you better get in line over that. And it totally isn't coming from this pulpit in Prescott. It totally is not uh, uh, some dictate uh, uh, that Pastor Mitchell has carried down, but it's your will uh, uh, under the guise uh, of using headship uh, as a club over your wife. And now she's ticked off at Pastor Mitchell. And that time bomb that's hidden in the river, and it's just, uh, it's just tick, 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 waiting for a few more issues uh, at convenient time that is coming. Let's get real. There's always a cyclical rhythm to problems and issues. We've heard many of that this week. And you can't stop that, but you can uh, certainly not be a bozo and exacerbate uh, uh, the situation. Uh, and you can limit the fallout in your own home and the, uh, uh, the ministry that you uh, preach in uh, by speaking faith, by being genuinely uh, uh, appreciative, by shielding your wife, uh, shielding your children. You know, I don't want, uh, as Pastor Vickery in his proper uh, and his correct English spoke yesterday. Okay, I'm speaking uh, in, uh, in, in uh, not clear English. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not speaking correct English. I'm speaking American clear English. 
He might speak correct English, but I'm talking to some American bros, uh, and I'm speaking to you clear. You know, I don't want my wife, I don't want my children to know about the dirty laundry of church uh, uh, counselings and those issues. And it's a great joy to me when my wife comes and says, somebody asked her about some situation in the church. Uh, and she says, I don't have a clue. I don't know. Uh, and they looked at uh, her like, you don't? As though I download into her spirit every single conversation, every single problem, every single issue. Uh, man, she's right there. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. It's Mark and Michelle all the way through. I don't want her to know a lot of that stuff. She's not the pastor. I'm the pastor. She's, she's, her calling, she's a homemaker. Her calling, she's my wife. And you know what? If I don't put all the, the uh, you know, the little tasty little gossip uh, uh, tidbits that I've got from gleaning on the, as a bottom feeder, uh, and I come home and... <laughs> you know what? If I, if I don't put all that in her spirit... You know what? She cooks me things. She has a nice atmosphere in the house. There's a greeting, there's a kiss as I come in. Glory to God, there's revival, hallelujah. Come on. Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty nine, He that troubles his own house shall inherit the wind. Just as nature hates a vacuum, so do wives hate it when their husbands are waffling around and they'll rush in to start calling some shots. And when that happens, it will incur the judgment of God no matter what they say. Very interesting, man's first curse, we could call this the primal curse of man, was because he listened to his wife's voice over God's and when he did, uh, God brought a, um, a, a, um, a compensating curse that was calculated to fit the crime. And God said, okay, where this is going to affect you is in the realm of fruits. Listen carefully. The realm of fruit. You listen to your wife's voice to break headship uh, and rank. Uh, now, this is going to come back on you. Uh, and you are going to uh, be affected now. And though it used to yield the creation uh, and your fruitfulness. Uh, and whatever you touch was easy and blessed uh, and, and wonderfully helped by God. Now, it's not going to be so easy, partner. Uh, now, you're going to struggle. You're going to sweat. There's going to be brambles. There's going to be thorns. Uh, and so, I find it very, very interesting. Uh, and how up to date this is. Uh, as I look at some of those uh, that were very fruitful that used to stand with us uh, shoulder to shoulder in the arms of covenant uh, and now they're a shell of their former self this is not academic there's a letter sister gave me from a broken hearted backslidden preacher's kid and here he is his father and mother used to be in the ministry used to be uh, part and now they've backslid, they've gone to drinking, took him out, trying to serve him wine. This disrupted his uh, uh, mind. He was awake, uh, wrestling, he cries out, writes a letter, Mom, it killed me uh, to see have my mother pour wine into my glass. Please turn back to Jesus. I used to do those things behind your back in high school. Please go back to Jesus. Very interesting, the wife's words. I told him 
long ago, three years ago, I told him about that issue, but you know your father, he's always been rebellious as their marriage now is in a shambles. This is not academic, folks. Can you say amen? I want to close with a word to the wives in ministry because you're not helpless or without responsibility in this. Can I say this? I'm going to anyway, but... Please receive this. If you're married to a dunderhead, be an Abigail. She was a faithful woman. She was a faithful wife. But she refused to hitch her wagon to Nabal's horses uh, when she saw he was going off the cliff. And this is a legitimate principle to invoke. They're intimidating the apostles. They're commanding them. They're using, uh, misusing, I should say, their authority to forbid the proclamation of the gospel. And Peter doesn't bat an eye. He says to them, uh, listen, who should we obey, God or man? Wives are to be submitted to their husband, uh, but husbands are to be submitted to God. And when there comes a conflict between the higher will of God and your husband's domination, uh, you have to choose to vote uh, with your mouth, uh, sometimes with your feet, uh, certainly by your attitude, you have to choose, uh, and your loyalties, you have to choose uh, to say, you know what, I'm going to obey God. After all, you wouldn't take the mark of the beast, would you, if he commanded you to? She made a decision. She spoke up. She acted up. She went to David. You know, sometimes if, if you're married to somebody that's a rebel, you ought to go, you ought to sound the alarm. Because if you don't, tick, 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 it's going to blow anyway. There she blows! <laughs> Sadly to say, this wasn't the testimony of Sapphira. Scripture also holds her up as a warning for women that become complicit with their husbands and his sin and his hypocrisy because she's not given a free pass. She went along with her husband's insanity and she got judged for it. This is the sobering and the awesome part of it. Acts chapter 5 verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife, they sold the possession. And he kept back part of it, the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet after the hammer fell upon her husband she was given a separate interview I want you to note this God is very fair and judicious God will be fair with every person he'll give every person whether it be a husband and wife people in the same family he will give them a chance and she got judged because she was just as culpable and guilty Acts 5 verse 7 now it was about three hours later when his wife came in not knowing what had happened and Peter answered her tell me whether you sold the land for so much she said yes for so much then Peter said to her how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord look the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they'll carry you out then immediately she fell down in his feet and breathed her last uh, and the young men came in and found her dead carrying her out and buried her by her husband she didn't hitch her wagon to her husband's star she hitched her wagon to her husband's serpent uh, and she her future 
any family that possibly could have come out, uh, any future that possibly would have been hers uh, in, the, uh, in the callings of God, uh, in the destiny of God. All of this was lost. All of this was cut off. But I want to conclude and tell you there's a promise. If you do right and respond to God's will, did, uh, did, uh, will just as Mary did, here's Mary. She is uh, uh, given the message from the angel, you've been chosen as a vessel. She is a spouse with a legal binding uh, uh, covenant with Joseph. This isn't going to bode well when she starts to show. How, and the Lord didn't run over and tell Joseph yet. She has to say, uh, and she speaks these words, uh, Be it unto thy handmaiden according to thy will. I will submit to the higher will of God. I'll push aside my own interest uh, and my own security. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll work it out. I'll go through the ramifications of all this. Uh, she had no sure thing. Um, but you know what God did for her? Uh, when a woman submits to the higher will of God uh, in uh, these crucial matters, uh, God does see to it uh, that Joseph is tipped off uh, and informed uh, and understood that this is of God so that's what God will do he'll either reveal to your husband that what you're doing is right as he did in Mary's case or sometimes he'll bring judgment on uh, your husband as he did in Abigail's case sometimes uh, uh, like the uh, Hebrew midwives as they're in Egypt and they had a command to kill all of the male children uh, but they feared God above the command of Pharaoh uh, and the Bible said this caught God's eye now imagine this because some wives are saying uh, uh, in their own selves uh, hey but you don't know my husband if I was to front him for some of his uh, attitudes uh, and some of the words and the smack that he talks, uh, I'd, be in a, I'd be in a heck of a hot, a hot uh, uh, kettle right now. Imagine what it would have been like as Pharaoh commanded these midwives, uh, you're going to do my will, uh, and there's no, uh, uh, no court of appeals. Uh, uh, there's no hope uh, uh, that this, uh, this tyrant uh, won't uh, uh, take out upon them uh, uh, his will for the disobedience. Uh, and yet the Bible says they look to God, uh, and because they spared those, uh, uh, those male uh, infants, uh, God saw this. Uh, and the Bible has this powerful statement uh, that you'll hear again and again uh, that's given to wives, uh, but the midwives feared God, did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, uh, but saved the children alive. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, uh, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty, and it came to pass because the midwives feared God uh, that he made them houses. Dear sister, you have a destiny and calling in God yourself. Oh, I pray with all, everything that's within me that, uh, that it all goes smooth in your home and wonderfully uh, uh, works out and there's a husband and a wife that are in their proper, uh, uh, proper lanes of life. Uh, take the harness of ministry together uh, and uh, love God, keep their hearts right. But if your husband goes rogue, uh, if your husband uh, uh, decides that he's uh, uh, not into things anymore, not into serving God, don't flush your destiny, your salvation, uh, your calling because it affects not only your soul in eternity, uh, but also your children. 1 Timothy 2.15, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness uh, with sobriety. This is a claim to hold on to for you and for your children um, this morning. Last word I want to say is to men. The law gives us two principles. It speaks about one defensive, one offensive. It says in your home... If you come to your house and you discover what's the Bible called the creeping leprosy. Leviticus chapter 14 talks about this. There's an infection, a spiritual infection is in the home as a symbolism. You are to take those stones, you are to pull them out of the wall. 
You are then to get something and scrape the areas around. You are to get some disinfectant and wash and scrub down the house. Uh, you are to put back clean stones. Uh, and then you are to get a uh, sacrifice. Uh, and you are to deal with the practical issues of having to put your house back in order. Uh, uh, so that it may indeed be a refuge and a wall uh, of protection. Uh, and not a springboard for infection in behind the bedroom doors. Uh, but you are also to take the blood. Uh, and you are to have to have a spiritual dimension dealt with uh, because uh, in creeping leprosy or creeping rebellion uh, or wrong attitudes there's a steaming spirit that's involved the second thing was in numbers chapter 18 the male priests were commanded to present themselves uh, continually before the Lord see here's the here's the real rub is that many times in the ministry we go out uh, into the presence of God in our uh, uh, functions in our official capacity we are called by ourselves. Our wives are not having the transactions God's dealing with us uh, in our official role uh, as his uh, uh, priest to the church. Uh, and so our wives aren't catching everything. Uh, but God made a provision. God said you're to go before uh, my presence. And there's going to be a number of different uh, offerings. There's a trespass offering. There's a sin offering. Uh, and God said every one of these offerings uh, I have given to my sons. Uh, and you're to partake of these things uh, when your heart is right. Uh, you are able to partake of the offerings of God and they are to do you a world of good. But you know what God said? When you're done ministering, take some home to your wives and to your children. And if their hearts are clean, it's going to do them a world of good as well. What does that mean? That means that, you know what? It is a privilege to serve the living God. You want longevity in ministry? Be thankful. You know all the sins in Romans chapter 1 that turns people into agagites and queers as a, a, three, a, a Clinton $3 bill? You know what it is? Unthankfulness. I've been around a little bit. I'm going to tell you something. Unthankfulness uh, uh, will spoil and, uh, and will turn the best of heavenly manna uh, to, so that it breeds worms. Uh, and so God said, if your heart's right, man, and if you're involved in ministry uh, and, uh, and, uh, and you're uh, appreciative uh, and you're in the flow of what God's doing, uh, you're, uh, you're uh, given the blessing of taking some of those spiritual provisions uh, and you're to take those home, uh, you're to share those with your wife, uh, you're to share those with your children, uh, you're to talk about the blessing of God, you're to talk about the wonderful ministry of God's blessing to your life. Uh, and if you'll do that, my friend, uh, if there be any truth to that old saying, behind every good man uh, is a better woman, uh, surely... Uh, you'll have a part in helping her to be that better woman. Let's bow our heads.